Welcome to Built Brave. Driven women sharing their stories to show others what is possible for them. Because we were all born brave. I'm your host, Lo Wentworth, and this is Built Brave. Are you ready? Hey guys, so this is part two with the Unleashed Ladies, and you get to find out how they've manifested, what was the craziest thing they've manifested so far in their business and organization, and just get to know more about these ladies during your family gathering. So if you're making food, just pop headphones in. If you're doing it with the family, just have it on in the background and maybe create some conversations that you wouldn't have with your family normally if you didn't have this. I mean, take it from the skinny confidential Lauren when she's trying to get her husband to do new things. Just blast it a new podcast on loud and have people listen and just see what conversations come from that and let me know what conversations come from that. I'm so excited for you guys. Merry Christmas. Have fun and enjoy your time with the family. You're probably putting some new boundary rules practice in or learning more boundary lines you get to create, which is awesome. If you don't know what I'm talking about, head back to my boundary line episode later and, you know, little nuggets of wisdom there for you guys. And with that, let us begin. What have, if you could share, like what has been the biggest surprise manifestation, like WTF moments? Oh, <laughs> I'll, share, I'll share my most recent <laughs> And no, and doing the campaign because we're so heart driven behind mm-hmm. our our what we're trying to create, we do put a lot of attention to that. So part of the reason being a two man team is that kind of you know we're a little lack of lesser on the business side, right? So this so early um this past summer I said to Jane I said before 2019 ends you know um I'd like us to you know get an investor so we can get some capital to do some of the other things we want to do and get an office so we can be a little bit more structured with, um, you know, working out of cafes and out of our homes is getting a bit much and I've got boxes backed up from all our events and things like that. So those were two things that I was super focused on. Um, I had been called to jury duty many times and I kept pushing it off because in September we were traveling to do six campaign photo shoots. And so I had to, you know, postpone. I finally, you know, got back from all the traveling. I said, I've got to get this, um, jury duty thing done go to jury duty I didn't get chose chosen to serve on the jury thank goodness it was a 30-day trial I walk out um, with this gentleman and we're kind of both sighing and then of course that got a conversation started so an hour later on the sidewalk after we left jury duty I give him my story and my journey and unleash and I just you know, talk about unleash the way I normally talk about it he tells me his story then he looks at me and goes are you looking for an investor and I'm like why, yes, I am. <laughs> and so that conversation, and, and, and again, in that moment, I, I just, I felt him being very genuine, genuine about his journey and everything he was talking about and his mission to help women businesses. And so I felt that, you know, the energy was there. So in my mind, there was no doubt. I didn't have any skepticism about who this guy was, even though I had just met him. Mm-hmm. And then um, later in the conversation, he goes, do you need an office? And I'm like, 
how much are you going to charge me? I'm, you know, um, I'm like, we're bootstrapping the business and, you know, and all this other stuff. And he goes, no, 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 no. I own a few commercial spaces. I'll give you the office for free. So I called Jane right after I have the conversation with him. <laughs> and then she goes, what? And then my husband goes, are you a witch? I would, that would be more believable if you told me you were a witch. <laughs> but they both knew that I had been manifesting. And we've done some meditations lately too. And that's kind of the things that I've been focusing on. So fast forward a few weeks later, we met with him. Um, and he is investing in our business. And so, yeah, that's one example. <laughs> and even earlier on, you know, we were looking somewhat for someone to do our website and we needed to trademark our, our mm -hmm. logo. And mm -hmm. I got into a conversation about how we need that. Those two things. Those yeah. two specific, very specific things. And um, I got invited to this brunch event that I couldn't make. And so I was like, hey, is it okay if my partner goes? And she could say, like, of course, invite mm -hmm. her. And she ended up going, and the two people she connected with, she didn't even realize when she walked out of there. But well, it was not, it was only nine women there for this event. It was a very intimate event in, mm -hmm. up in Pacific Palisades near Malibu. And yeah, and, and after we had that conversation saying we need a trademark lawyer, we need, um, you know, um, a web designer that I, that I connected with was a trademark lawyer and a web designer who are both friends of ours now. She's designing our website. And, you know, we just saw Shivani the other day, who's a trademark lawyer. So. Just things like that that we are very um, aware of when it happens. We're like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. It happens fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Try not to get whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> or our first investor, our angel investor. That's another story too. We have a lot. Yeah. A lot of stories of manifesting and you know, being hyper focused about what it is that we we need and and want, um, and moving towards that. Yeah. You know? What what can like what the core of it is is though is that when we ask for things, it's not stuff for our personal life. It's to actually mm -hmm. go out there and have the resources that we can help others and impact them in a much broader way mm -hmm. than we can ourselves. And I think because of that, that the universe wants to help us too because there's such a need for it. I mm -hmm. believe. Yeah. And the alignment. It's always back to the alignment. You know, um, I feel that so much of what we do is. Um, it's more than, uh, you know, like you say, it's more than, than us and who we are as two individuals, you know, mm -hmm. like I always, I always tell James, like, I don't personally don't want to be the face of Unleash. You know, like Unleash is its own thing. Um, Unleash is not a Seek and Jane show. It's not a Seek and Jane show. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's our badass do-better show. Yeah, it's a collective effort. There's no way. I mean, we would be kidding ourselves to think that we're building this. We're not. It's a collective effort of everybody who has come into the campaign, who has wanted to help in some way, who has spread the word about what we are doing, who has shared a post, who has written something. You know, so it's, it's everybody together, you know, that has created what, what people see today as Unleash. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, I do really think it's amazing, but you guys are like steering the ship. Like if you two didn't step into this, like Unleash wouldn't happen. It wouldn't be creating this movement at all and you guys are like really which is important for other people is like you're clear on what it is that you want and you just for lack of a better phrase you just like burn the boats for the other you're like this is this one boat that's it like all the other boats can go it's funny you use a boat analogy because my husband when we were starting this the one thing he he's kind of like our pseudo business advisor sometimes just you know because i'll like bounce mm -hmm. ideas off him and jane's you know 
Yeah. And so he says, you know, he goes, you're going to set sail and then you're, you're, you'll see the coastline, you'll see the shore. And then as you keep going, you're not going to see the shore anymore. There's no turning back. You got to keep sailing, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah. And it's just like, when we started this, it was just like, you know, it's just like, like a vast ocean. It just kind of opened up and we didn't know what we to expect what, of it. We didn't know what this was. Gonna be. No. <laughs> Still sometimes going on. I mean, we have an idea where we're going, but I mean, we can go completely the opposite direction and learn that the world is round. I mean, mm-hmm. all we know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the next thing too is like, I, I would love to also talk about our next campaign because um, that's what we've been diligently working on too. Yeah. Um, Transition, what's coming up for you guys? What's next? <laughs> where are you guys heading, steering the ship? Yeah. Um, when we when we worked on the last campaign, the idea of Unleash was to create a long-term partnership and a long-standing relationship with a nonprofit. Um, there is issues in working with nonprofit. We found two issues. Obviously, like awareness was tough, right? Because there's so many organizations doing the same work. It's like, how do you penetrate, you know, and and stand out or or get through all the noise? That was one issue, and the other issue was fundraising, right? I, I had done a lot of galas and fundraisers for organizations, and it's such an expensive endeavor that by the time you're done, there's not a lot of dollars left to fund the programs or to fund the causes. And so when we came together to create um, the campaign, we're like, how can we, one, you know, create awareness in such a, a way that's unconventional and people will pay attention to it? And then it was the fundraising part. And so we wanted to make sure that the organization we work with was um, people that we believe, you know, their mission and, and the work that they do. And so we started creating um, merchandising um, around the campaign. And then we wanted to do it so that we can move on to, and because there's so many issues that we care about. And, um, and so now we're kind of winding down the photo shoot tour. Um, it's going to be a few more cities, and then we're transitioning into take-home kits that you can experience the the photo shoot prompted and guided by a digital asset mm-hmm. so that's where we're heading towards with that yeah and then that's going to allow us to move into this next campaign that we're doing called the love storm um which is around human trafficking which is the, the cause that she and i um have been working with for a very long time um, and so that one we're really, we're super excited about too. Um, it's with an organization called Together One Heart. We've, you and I have been working with Together One Heart for 10 years now, probably the last decade. Um, they rescue, rehabilitate, and reintegrate um, survivors of human trafficking. And so um, the Love Storm is going to be another tour, kind of similar to, to this past campaign, but on a much, much bigger scale. So we're launching January 11th in LA on Human Tra- uh, National Human Trafficking Awareness Day. Um, we're looking for it to be a mass meditation um, event, but also very scientific based around mass meditation, and then also a celebration of freedom. Um, that's kind of the pillars of these events, and we're going to a bunch of cities around the world, um, Geneva in June, New York in March, um, and a bunch of other cities in between, and then we end in Cambodia on and so we'll have, I mean, there's, well, and then it'll be an opportunity for people to go to Cambodia and actually meet some of these girls who are being rehabilitated at the shelters. Yeah. 
as well as an adventure trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like there's more information. I mean, we're we're there's more information on Cyber Love Yeah, and people can sign up, get involved. Um, yeah, be on the lookout for that. There's a lot of exciting things coming coming next year for 2020. Yeah. She's also launching their apparel line mm -hmm. and quite a bit of quite a bit of our social time. series. We um We've been doing speaker series, and so we're gonna um, launch. We're looking to launch like quarterly social series, which is more of an all-day immersive speaker series slash, you know, social slash um, workshops and seminar and things like that. And we're, you know, eventually gonna transition to some big yearly events and things like that. So yeah, more fun stuff to come. A lot of things in the pipeline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to back up a little bit and be like, how did you guys get into the human trafficking and supporting ending that and bringing awareness of that? Yeah, we have different, Very different stories. journeys. Yeah, but um, for me, it was one specific case I was hearing on the radio at the time. This was like 2009, I believe. Um, there was a case in Trent, New Jersey. I won't even go into the details of the story, but it was so egregious and so horrific. I was crying uncontrollably in the car. I got out, walked into my house. My husband's there. I'm crying. He's like, oh my God, what's going on? And <laughs> gathered myself to tell him I can't, you know, told him the story. I'm like, I can't keep, I can't unhear this, mm -hmm. but I have to do something. Um, so I started Googling and I found this woman named Somali who was at the forefront of the fight against human trafficking. She was a victim of sex trafficking herself called her organization in New York and said, hey, I'm an event planner, um, PR marketing. Um, I would love to help any way I can. Um, I ended up becoming their LA ambassador. So I did fundraisers here in Los Angeles. Um, and I just got really involved with everyone who was part of, part of the organization, um, you know, people attending the fundraisers. Um, so that's what brought me to it. And I've, I've stayed in it as much as I can, but it's come full circle because they, this is the organization we're launching the Love Storm campaign with. And so um, Anna Lynn McCord, who's an actress um, and an activist, she's the president of the organization. But when I met her at the time of doing some of the fundraisers, she was an ambassador. Um, and so it's come full circle to, you know, to be working with her again and, and, and launching this campaign. So we're all super excited about that. But that's how I came to the issue. And Jane has a bit of a different story. Because I got involved um, through actually my sorority, not necessarily human trafficking, but it was the issues of working with the community center for Asian American Pacific Islanders um, and domestic violence. There was a safety house that we uh, that our sorority was very closely tied to and worked with, and that was my initial interest. And then on, throughout the years, I've had friends who've been in domestic violence, you know, relationships and just be on the side where you want to help and you cannot help and mm -hmm. how suffocating that is and frustrating that is on my end as well. I wanted to do something where I could actually create some impact. And so when I was introduced to human trafficking um, or anti-human trafficking when I was 25 through my best friend who threw a parody auction for her birthday, this was the organization that she started off with. And so for her birthday, she wanted the book about Somali Ma, who was, mm -hmm. you know, at the time, and I bought it for her, and me being a, a voracious reader, I, like, read through the entire book in the day before I actually handed it off to her, and that's, her story just changed my life, because mm -hmm. it was someone who, in depth, 
talks about her journey and how she broke out of it and um, the possibility that is there. And um, I mean, I've never been enslaved physically, but I do, but, or abused. However, I do understand what it feels like at a human level, what it means to desire freedom, mm -hmm. live my own life on my own terms. And I think everyone understands that. And for some reason, I connect to it in a much, much deeper way than I guess most people do. Mm -hmm. And so that's just sort of set the journey. And I was constantly evolved because that was a place where I could do something. Because, mm -hmm. um, and yeah. yeah. So that, and so in case you kind of miss it, so the, how she got involved with human trafficking, how it, got, it ended up being the, the same, same organization. organization. So for the last 10 years, we had been involved with the same organization. So when we first met and sat down to talk, you know, for our lunch, we made the, we connected the dots like, oh my God, you, you've been working with the same people and I've been working with the same people. We just never ran into each other. Well, because the organization that I was associated with was out of Australia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With, with Cambodia. Cambodia. Yeah. But it was all the money from this Australian company was funneled back to Cambodia. It was connected either way. Yeah. So that, so we knew we had to work together once we discovered that we're like, wait a minute, we've been doing the same work for the last decade. And, you know, somehow there's a reason why we're sitting here today. You know, not, you know, Jane always likes to say there's no happy accident. No happy yep, and no happy coincidence. <laughs> so then how did you guys actually connect with each other? Like what was the the moment that happened? Like oh. you decided to like, I don't know, like get lunch yeah. or whatever. Cause I know I've had another pair on there and they're like, yeah, I just slid into her DM and then uh, things just happened. <laughs> so, so she mentioned that we were, we were both part of this financial firm. Um, again, we were in the stage in our life where we were building our lives financially. Mm -hmm. and, um, we're at this orientation. Um, there's probably about 30, maybe 40 people. But I remember walking in, um, I was there with my husband and my, my older son. And I walk in and there's this tall, gorgeous Korean woman, stylishly dressed. So in my head, I'm like, she just caught my attention right away just because she was just so stunning. And I was like, I'm going to be her friend. I mean, that's me talking to myself in my head. Um, and so we, you know, we had a couple of orientation sessions and then these meetings happened like twice a week or something. And I would see her more and more often. And then eventually one of us, I, you know, we, you know, you're just in the vicinity. So you start striking up a conversation. And then from there, I was like, oh, we should go have lunch. And, you know, and then the rest is history. We had lunch and discovered all these things about ourselves and that we had to work together, that we needed to do something together. And here we are creating Unleash and collecting a bunch of badass do-getters <laughs> to go and like impact the world together. I know it sounds very foo-foo and out there, but we, we have been so lucky and so incredibly fortunate to be surrounded by such heart-driven people that do feel like like they want to, they want to, and they can change the world by the things that they're doing. And so, so it's collaboration. I mean, nothing's done alone and we can create a bigger impact when we can let go of ego and when we can, um, you know, be more focused on the mission at hand and, and that we can create together. Um, so that's what we're experiencing and it's been such a beautiful journey and like, I don't know, I was telling somebody the other day, I'm like, I swear, I think I have like 300 new contacts in my phone just because I've just met such amazing people in the last year. You know, it's been awesome. And we're doing it together. Yeah. <laughs>
I think that's amazing you guys are doing it together and how something so simple like you guys have been working with the same organization for 10 years and then you do the the financial stuff and then it just happens the universe works in just mysterious ways and I just love it it does it's just like I mean we you know there's a lot of things in life you just can't plan it out you know they always say like you just can't write this you know and there's mm -hmm. so much of life where you just can't write it you know you can journal all you want, but <laughs> some of it, you just can't plan it out. Yeah. So I want to talk about more about like the badass do-gooders. Like, what does that look like for you guys? Because you've mentioned it a lot. And so what is that? That was um, as we were creating Unleash and wanting to, you know, as we were doing our speaker series and wanting to coalesce like-minded people, um, social entrepreneurs that were doing impact work through their business. Um, so it started off that way and then um it's that's another funny story we we cassie who is the vp of Bluetooth bullying of the organization that we partner with for this campaign the anti-labeling campaign um we really love her and she's amazing and she's an actress singer dancer like quadruple thread and she can you know she's does a lot of philanthropy work and is very heart driven and she just embodied what it meant to like to unleash and be you know be yourself and so we went to her apartment and thought we'd present to her that we'd like her to be our first ambassador. Mm -hmm. So as we're sitting there, you know, telling her why we chose her and why we really wanted her to represent what Unleash means, um, I was telling her, I was like, oh, you know, you do all these things. And I kind of vomit the word, you know, you're like a badass do-gooder, you know. And then Jane and, and Cassie kind of stopped and was like, oh, that's they it. Like that. Yeah, they, they're yeah. like, we like that. Um, but we kind of like didn't think too much of it at the time. Um, what was interesting is on our drive home, um, I got an alert on Instagram and I looked and Cassie had gone to her profile page and changed her bio to put hashtag badass to her and unleash on there. Mm -hmm. I thought, huh, maybe this could be something. And so it wasn't probably till like a month later when we thought like maybe we should well, we take did, this take this on and do yeah, something with it. And we realized that, you know, with badass do-gooders, because we've tested it out in conversation here and there, people understood badass do-gooders right away. Right away. Whereas Unleash, we had to spend all this time explaining what it was, what we're doing, how we're doing mm -hmm. it. Um, and we realized for marketing sake that badass do-gooders is a really great um, name and brand. Yeah. And so, and, and also too, we were at the time going through and doing a monthly speaker series that we were kind of trying to figure out exactly how to structure it or restructure mm -hmm. it. And we realized we have this community of people that we've been, you know, like cultivating these relationships for the past year. And there's so many great people. We just didn't know what, how to, how to help them or how to elevate them and what to do with mm -hmm. them. And so we thought, why not restructure our speaker series to showcase these badass students in our lives based on these in different industries? Um, and that's just kind of where it started. Yeah. And, you know, and we put it out there and it, and it stuck. Yeah. And it was the very... The response is pretty... Um, I, I, we have like some sample shirts of badass students. And so when she wears it or I wear it, the, the response is amazing. And mm -hmm. so it made it confirmed that we're onto something. And so that's where it started. Um, and, you know, through their uh, developing relationship recently, you know, we came across this incredible documentary and filmmaker mm -hmm. who already had a very similar idea, but he had a different name for it. But so when we presented about Badass Dugators, he loved the idea. So we're actually going to be joining coalitions and um, creating something together. 
pronounced legal badass together, so things like superhero. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're putting this together um, to basically create like this community of people who can mobilize to do a lot of good for the world. Um, and so there's a gazillion ideas behind it, you know. Um, so it's the still in development, development. development. So we'll let you know when we know more. Yep. <laughs> As we're creating. It's totally fine. Oh, you guys kept mentioning it, mentioning it, so that's where it was. Yeah, like, it's the well, brand. It's yeah, brand. it's part. Yeah, it's part of Unleash, but it's like mm -hmm. you know, um, it's our tribe. It's yeah. the people that come into mm -hmm. our community and 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 want to get involved and want to be a part of it. And how do we really um, support each other in the work that we want to do? And so that's where Badass Do Gooders came to be. And it's a lot more coming. Yeah, very very shortly there'll be a lot more about it. But you can follow us on our Instagram page. We have a page for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what would be a piece of like advice or I don't know what you would tell your past self before you started Unleash that you would think would be just gold if you knew then? Oof. I haven't been asked this question yet. That's a good one. Um. I would tell myself, because I, you know, um, Jane talks about the culmination of our experience that led us to Unleash and led us to where we are today. Um, I had had a bunch of um, business endeavors and failed business endeavors and, and you know, just failed experiments, you know. Um, I would tell that person that um, all those experiences and all those failures is the lessons that was very necessary to have in order to be able to create what I'm creating today. Um, I had I had an event planning business called Stylish Affairs. I had a PR agency called Seek PR, and I you know and none of those took off because I just um, I didn't have the necessary experience at the time, or I just didn't you know um, or didn't have the right person to work with. You know all those things. Um, I launched two music festivals with my husband. So there were all these experiences that, um, that had so many um, heartaches and moments of feeling like I failed and that I let people down. And going through that and having that guilt and that shame um, was very difficult at times. And so knowing what I know today, I would have told my old self that, that I should have forgiven myself a lot quicker for those failures is what I would have done. For me, I would say, whatever you fear, go do it. Just go do it. Don't think about it. Don't analyze it. Just go do exactly what you fear because you'll realize sooner than later that your fear was all in your mind yeah. and it was a fear until it wasn't. Yeah, that's actually really good advice. I tell people that all the time, like, just do it. If you've been thinking about it, just do it and afraid, afraid of it, just go do it love that because it's so, a lot harder to do it than to it's like, oh, the process of thinking about it makes it so much harder than when you yeah. actually do it you're like oh that wasn't so bad after all mm -hmm. it's the build-up and the stories we tell ourselves of why we are in incapable of creating what we fear but mm -hmm. it's really you just got to do it and if you fail at it then great at least you tried next yeah. time it'll be a lot easier yeah. and it won't be so scary yeah. i always tell people the how will be figured out in the process of doing if you can sit here and try and lay out how to get something done, but you don't know until you really start doing it. 
and then right. it throws you a curveball, and then it takes you to the left, and it takes you to the right, you know, circles you back around, and makes you start all over, you know. But that's part of the process, you know. And you, you know, if you can really be okay with that, you'll be fine. Yeah, that just reminds me from some of this past year when Jesse Ziegler was on there. He's like, "You are your business plan," and I'm like, "Oh, I've never heard that before." But it makes so much sense. Like you're your business plan. You can flex and do whatever you need. And that like, even no matter what you put on a piece of paper that says quote unquote business plan, that's not actually what's going to happen. Like Mm -hmm. it's not permanent. Nothing is permanent. permanant. I always, I remember one time James, Jane asked if we could do something. I remember looking at her going, you don't need to ask for permission. You can do whatever. It's our thing. We can do whatever we want. You know? And I think a lot of times, we stop ourselves because we think we need to ask for permission. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, truly, it's about doing something for yourself and not looking for the outside approval or the outside, you know, any of that. Um, so, yeah, so we, we just, we've learned to move a little differently because we understand that, you know, a lot of things happen when we are in the process of doing it. And a lot of it starts with unlearning the things. That's a big mm-hmm. one. Our social conditioning does play a huge part and how we move, how we have, how we think, what we believe. And so to unlearn those things and to create your own terms and your own rules sometimes can be really intimidating, but it's mm-hmm. also the best thing that you can ever do. 100%. What is something right now that you are seeking permission for? And it could be something like maybe not in the business or something like personal, like back in your head. Something that we're creating permission for? That you're what you're seeking permission for because it's come up a lot so I think I just I find it really interesting mm-hmm. seeking permission if there's anything you know I've I've learned not to ask anymore and sometimes <laughs> that's that's difficult you know for mm-hmm. some people I just um I'm very action oriented mm-hmm. it's just my personality um and so a lot of times I don't ask and then I have to ask for an apology later, which is okay sometimes, you know, um, but I'm learning to, you know, especially in a partnership, it's really, you know, if we do, I sometimes forget to run things by Jane, you know, and um, so I'm having to make sure I know, cause I was so used to doing a lot of things on my own and just kind of like, I, you know, this needs to be done, this needs to be done. So um, having to retrain myself to say, wait, I have a partner in this and I need to run this by her and see if, this is the direction we need to move in or, you know, and that sort of thing. So I'm still learning that. Um, so I need permission <laughs> to, to ask myself to, you know, to, um, to not just, to not jump as, as much as I used to. Yeah. So that's, that's something new that I'm learning. I think for me, it's actually, expressing and using my voice that I do have that I have learned to cultivate over the years to say what I need to say when it when it's there rather than repressing it down because I've spent my entire life repressing my words um, because obedient child you're the good student all these different things within this living in this perfection box you know and showing up as a good person who doesn't cause disruptions and rock the boat it um, it took a lot of learning to gain my voice in the first place. And now I have to give myself permission to actually use it. Mm. 
What was the pivotal moment for you to start using your voice? I think I always had it in me, um, always in moments when there's injustice, I get really like angry and it just comes out. But I think when it comes to things that are not so, um, what's the word? Heightened, I guess the situation, okay. this, I think I have, I think it's easier for me to step up for other people okay. when there's injustice witness, but then to step up for myself. And I think a lot of people feel that like we are our, we should be our biggest advocate, but we advocate harder for people than we advocate for ourselves. Mm -hmm. whether it's self-care, whether it's our personal thoughts, whether it's literally anything, you put yourself before anybody else, or mm -hmm. you should put yourself before anybody else, but we do the opposite. And that's right. Right. Like the whole oxygen mask thing, right? Put yourself before you save others. But we often say, try to save others before we save ourselves. And so I'm learning to really hone into doing that. Yeah, that takes some practice. I know in my own journey of like putting myself first, like, it's taken a while to get me to where I'm at, but I even have my friends coming to me being like, how do you do that? Like, how do you put yourself first? And I go, well, one of my love languages is quality time. And I go, I want to hang out with you guys for a specific quality time. But then I know once it gets past a point that I need to like leave to take care of me. Otherwise I'm not going to be present with you guys. And that's like not fair for you. And I think that's just something important for people to learn, like even speaking up for yourself and putting yourself first, it could look at many different ways and you're not wrong for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, boundaries are very important and that's something that I'm learning. Mm -hmm. What is one boundary that you've learned that's been so impactful? Um, blocking out time for myself and really sticking to it as if it is an important meeting, you know, that you cannot mm -hmm. miss. And oftentimes, again, when we are, when it comes to ourselves, we often still give ourselves slack and we're like, we'll make up for it later. But if you really position yourself in a place where you're adamant about keeping that time to yourself and keeping integrity with it, um, it changes everything. And I'm so notorious for letting that go because mm. I want to be everywhere. I want to be experiencing everything. And um, time is limited, you know? So it's easy to give up on my sleep or it's easy to give up on my workouts. I can show up and be somewhere and share experiences. But I noticed that when I devote my time to myself and I'm, I'm, I stick to it, I actually rejuvenate much quicker and I'm able to be more energetic and present. And so that's my boundary. Self-care. Yeah, that's a really good one. See, what have you learned from about having a support system instead of doing it all on your own? Oh my God. Um, yeah, you know, I've always been good about asking for help, but yeah, but when I was doing a lot of things on my own, you do, you tend to just kind of be in your own little world. And it's like, okay, I'll get this done. But um, Anish has definitely taught me that doing things in a collaborative effort, you know, and together is a lot more impactful, but also a lot more fun you know, to be able to share that with others. And if, and it can only work if you're in alignment with the people that you're collaborating with. So we're very intentional about that. When we do go into partnerships or when we do go into collaborations or we want to work with a company or, or someone or a photographer or, you know, um, I think that's what makes it, people tend to say yes to things that aren't in alignment with them. And that's when the friction or then you just 
wonder why things aren't, you can't move the needle on something. It's because alignment is crucial to, to, all, to all your relationships. I think, you know, in a marriage and, you know, in, in friendships and in business relationships is figuring out what those core values are. And Jane and I spent a lot of time, and you know, I, I think she's absolutely right, like through the process of writing the book and through having a lot of conversations with each other and getting to know each other that we really started to hone in on what those core values are and what are those things that you will not stray away from. And if you do stray away from it, how do you find your way back to it? Mm. And so we've done that a few times actually in the past year, year and a half. It's like stopping our stopping, going, wait a minute, are we really doing, is this really part of our core value? And so we'll revisit it and then we'll find our way back to it. And so for that, um, yeah, I think, you know, being able to ask for help is a big one. Being able to bring value to somebody. Because then sometimes when you do that, you don't even have to ask for the help. It just kind of happens. Yeah. And being very thoughtful about um, how you bring value to somebody. And that takes a little research, you know, understanding who it is you're going into the relationship with. Um, so that you can create value for them. What do you think has made your guys' partnership work? Or what have you learned to be the yin and yang to each other? Um, I think respecting the boundaries. I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, of our personality traits that we know about each other. And we try to be really good to respect. We don't always honor it. And if it doesn't happen, we talk, we talk about it. Um, you know, Jane's not a morning person. So if, I'm, if I have meetings at eight o'clock, I know that those meetings are just me and that person. You know, mm -hmm. she always has the option to join, but I don't like, I don't require her to be at an eight o'clock meeting, you know, and things like that. So just kind of respecting each other's, you know, ways of being, you know, I go to bed pretty early. So she knows that if she texts me at two in the morning, I probably won't respond, you know? So it's like stuff like that, right? It's understanding our personalities and being, um, and yeah, and how we work. Yeah. So, and that, you know, and then, you know, and not getting upset at, at those things. Yeah, if she doesn't, if if she doesn't come to a meeting, I don't. I'm not upset about it. It's just you know we we've learned to understand like we, we've learned to understand each other's personality. And she works through the night. You know, like if I'm up in the morning, she probably is two o'clock in the morning editing photos. You know, and so we we um we respect that about each other. And I think for me, the key is communication. I think communication is the foundation of all successful relationships. And when you can't communicate what you're going through, what you're thinking, you, know, you cannot expect the person to be a mind reader. Mm -hmm. And so they may not be aware of what they're doing that irritates you or is wrong or what's affecting you or what's creating. And also to communicate about what you're going through, mm -hmm. right? And sharing, like, this is the space I'm in. This is why I'm not showing up this way. And to be able to communicate and to share that gives people, con gives my partner context mm -hmm. of where I'm coming from. So if I'm not available or if I'm not responsive, like she knows what's going on. So I think communication is key and it also helps resolve understanding at when it happens mm -hmm. rather than repressing it and yeah. saving it. And then three months down the line, <laughs> you know, yeah. So those tough mm -hmm. conversations, you know, as, as they can be and it's uncomfortable. Um, we've learned that communication is our biggest key to just resolving mm -hmm. things right at the, at the Yeah, right, at, right, right, at, right, right, yeah. Yeah, and she's right, and you know, you just don't, you're kind of just, you know, when you're creating something and trying to build a business, you are in this go, 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 go mode, and you know, and she helps me like stop, you know, and kind of take a pause, because that's difficult for me to do, 
you know? And so when she does, I'm like, okay, well, if we're pausing that, I guess I should pause too, <laughs> you know? And it helps me because it forces me to do the things that I normally wouldn't make a priority, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm, I'm having to learn that because as a, you know, I'm a mom of three. So the only thing I do understand is just like, okay, I got to get this done. This has to be done. This has to be done, you know? And I'm always trying to pack so much into a day. Um, otherwise I don't feel productive, but mm-hmm. I'm learning through her actually how important it is to pause and take a moment and, and you know, be like, it's okay. We can handle that, you know, a few days from now. It's, the world's not going to end, you know? So, so that's been good for me too. Yeah. So <laughs> communication is the key to everything. Like how are we supposed to understand like where someone's at or like even put yourself in someone else's shoes if you don't like communicate and say what's up. Because I believe expectations and stories totally ruin relationships. So I think that's a really good thing to point out. So I'm down to my final questions. So what's a book, resource, podcast, whatever you would suggest or that has been impactful for you in your own learning and personal growth experience? For me, more recently, it's been Dr. Joe Dispenza. I've been, my husband's a big fan of his, so I knew about him through my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he listens to, um, what was I saying earlier? Um, I can't even think of it now. So I'm so sorry. But yes, but definitely Dr. Joe Dispenza. I actually listened to a couple of his stuff this morning. Um, Just how, and then through our friend, Anna Lynn, who's really obsessed with um, neuroscience and how the brain works and everything. And so that's a kind of a new fascination for me. And then I, I listen to meditation music before I go to bed to try to clear my head because um, we're always buzzing with so much information and so much, what's the next thing to do. And, um, and I'm having to learn to shut my brain off. Um, and that helps me wake up the next morning, you know, a little differently. Like before I would wake up and I would already spout out the next 10 things that I need to get done where now I can wake up and like, just kind of be like, what am I grateful for today? And so you know, just learning to like undo some of those old habits that, that we're so used to. Um, so those two things have been very helpful for me is meditation music in the evening and before I go to bed. And then um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, you know, some of his YouTube stuff and podcasts. What was the question again? Uh, books or podcasts that have really helped you and impacted you, yeah. I love reading things about human psychology and how people work. So like you mentioned your love language, the five love languages are very critical. It's one book that has changed how I communicate and interact with people so much. Hands down. Uh, down. Yeah, love language. And also Robert Greene wrote The Laws of Human Nature, which is also an incredible, it's very dense, but it's incredible. And um, I read a lot of psychology books, a lot of um, human psychology books. So I think the more we understand how people operate, it allows you to be more open-minded and without judgment and in coming and interacting with them and having more compassionate understanding. And it allows them to be themselves in a much easier way than if you were to come in with judgment. And so understanding how people work and how you can show up in a way that creates that space for them has been integral in changing my relationships with everyone that comes that's my fascination with human psychology it's like i'm just like how do people you know actually no, that's, how, that's actually how i started reading into human psychology. See, that's that's that, 
fascinating. That, that was my gig. <laughs> I don't listen to that stuff anymore. Yeah, it's too traumatic too, for yeah, me. I like, I like, I'm like a Disney girl. I'm like, anything that's <laughs> not, that is horrifying. But, you know, that's, you know, human psychology and communication mm-hmm. is important to people like me because we are communicating every single day and we're interacting with people every single day. And so those two things, I think, is one of the most important things that we ever learn how to be pro- more proficient and decoding human beings, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just having a better, you know, having empathy and having understanding for other people Mm -hmm. um, really helps you to build your relationship. And like you said, not judging, right? Um, Those are the pillars for being more open-minded and being more open-hearted to building those relationships. Because everyone's experience is so different and that doesn't define you, you know, what you go through, the things that you go through, it's not who you are. You know, I think that's a lot of times we, we call it, you know, we connect what's, what somebody does or something that happens at one point in someone's life, you know, and I'm speaking this from my own experience too, you know, um, I have a brother who um, is, is actually in state, state prison, um, and I've learned a lot through visiting him and other, and the inmates that are there about um, not judging people. Um, for the things that they have done at one point in their life or other, because people can evolve and people can change and people can be better. Um, So I'm learning that um, about relationships in general. Yeah. Another resource that I love is Marie Forleo and her B-School, or not her B-School, her um, her Marie TV. Mm -hmm. It's always like short, quick, you know, series sound bites of, you know, business and, um, business lessons I think is fun and quirky to watch so those are always great too yeah I love Marie Florio too yeah yeah those are my resources okay and I love those resources some of those I'm like I should check those out myself um (laughs) where can everyone find you www.unleash.com unleash is spelled u-n-l-e-a-s-h-e and we also can, um, you can also find us at, um, on Instagram, at unleash, U-N-L-E-A-S-H-E underscore official, as well as our badass do-gooders IG, which is badass do-gooders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Spelled how you hear it. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. All right. Zeke and Jane, I want to thank you, like, acknowledge, like, what you guys are doing. It's really great. And I really love the fact that you've gone with the flow, you've had the anti-bullying campaign, and now going into sex trafficking. It's really just amazing to see like two powerful women starting and doing that and taking steps of action. So then what do you guys believe is your bravest moment? Ooh, bravest moment. My bravest moment was saying yes to all this um because I'm a pharmacist I didn't mention this at all actually (laughs) you did not (laughs) (laughs) other part of her life but if I wanted to but I don't want to and so stepping into a world that is completely unknown and creating something from scratch mm-hmm. is one of the most terrifying things you can do because you don't know whether you're, you're gonna survive or fail and thrive and fail. 
right? And to have full faith in who I am and my journey up to here and having that vision and having faith in that vision is one of the scariest things. But again, I love the unknown. And so, but stepping into it is a whole different thing. So the fact that I chose to step into it and continue to step into it every single day, I think was my bravest moment. It's awesome. What about you, Z? My bravest moment would probably be more related to um, my life as, you know, as a mom. Um, you know, there's so many, there's so many things we fear. And for me, it's like, I, well, I'm a mom of three <laughs> for one. And so um, I would say, you know, being, you know, my being a young mom, I became a mom at right when I turned 21. And that was scary and um, really hard to face like family and friend, you know, everything and being so young. And um, I don't even know if I should share this because my son doesn't know, but I'm, I, I won't. Um, but choosing to be a mom mm -hmm. was my bravest moment against everyone else's wishes. It was really amazing and really powerful, no matter what it was, just making that choice because a lot of people don't choose to be a mom. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. All right. Mom. <laughs> mom goals. Hashtag mom goals. Okay. <laughs> See, you chose it. So you stepped into it, which is really, really amazing. And that is actually really, really brave. So I want to acknowledge you on that for Thanks. just a moment. You're welcome. All right, the final question. What is your definition of brave? To me, the definition of brave is that you can have fear and still do it anyways. Because, you know, people tell you like, oh, you shouldn't fear that. But, you know, we, we do because we, we have these conversations in our head and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, to, to have fear and still, still like, run into it that's bravery similar i think it's stepping into a situation where you know you don't have control and still having faith that it's going to turn out okay and doing it anyway awesome i love it all right thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast it's so great to have this conversation with you and just learning more about what you guys are creating what you're up to I had a lot of fun. Thank you. We appreciate your time and giving us a platform to do it. Amazing. Hey everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Built Brave. If you love this episode, heck, if you like this episode, please head on over, give it a rate, review, subscribe, like, shout it out on your social media with your major takeaways and what you loved about the episode. And as always, tag me in that at Low Wentworth because I love hearing what you guys got out of the episodes. And until next time, remember, you've always been brave.